Well, we're going to jump right in because as you can see, this is a, a good and busy Sunday, right? We're all getting ready for Thanksgiving. How many of you have your turkey? All of your turkey. Good. How many of you have all of your stuffing? All right. I just got to take a little, little, uh, little uh, survey here. How many of you stovetop? How many of you cornbread, like homemade stuff? Anybody? A few. Okay. How many of you no stuffing whatsoever, like bring on the mashed potatoes? Pepperidge Farm. How many of you Pepperidge Farm? Okay, good. We got a good. So, you, you know, I'm getting you ready. I'm getting you warmed up. You're just going to want to be ready. My son, I, I know this is strange. Some of you are going to boo. He cannot wait for the cranberry sauce. Now, not not the stuff that actually has berries in it, but the stuff you that you, you slop out of a can. It still looks like the can. Yeah, that stuff. That's what he's looking forward to. So we, we enter into this, this passage, and here is Paul writing to this little church. But we've had a, and, and so he wants to make sure at the end of this letter that he has sent to them, that they participate in these three actions. And I want us to look at them today, because you may have heard this, and you may say, I, no, I just don't know if I can do that. And so hang in here with me, and I think you'll see that this is a really Really good teaching. A good way to end a letter for Paul back then, and it's good news for us today. So first of all, let's look at that first command. And it is the command to rejoice. How often? That's right. Now that sounds strange, right? I mean, we are going to look at the Greek word. I'm not going to have you say it three times because we have no time. But uh, the Greek word is kairete. And kairete, of course, means rejoice. And when we think of rejoice, we think of celebrating and shouting. Okay, so I, I want to give you an example of rejoice, and you got to participate with me. Okay, so I want you to think about something exciting. I want you to think of your favorite football team scoring a goal. I want you to think of your your team winning the World Series. I want you to think of your team scoring the winning goal of the Stanley Cup in Game 7 right at the end in overtime. I want you to think of your boxer winning in the last round by knockout and decision. It was just great. I want you, if you're not a sports person, I want you to think that your person won on The Voice or on uh, your person won in The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or whatever it is. I want you to think about that moment. Everybody got their moment? All right. Now, in those moments, we don't just sit there, unless, unless you're British like Ian, and go like this. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Ian, I know. I, I've lived over there. When that... when. Uh, when Man- Manchester United scores and wins everything, right? Is that your team? Oh, Chelsea. I'm sorry. When Chelsea scores and wins everything, they go crazy, right? It is loud. So you got your moment. I want you to think about it. Be in that moment. And on the count of three, I want you to do exactly what you would do if you were in that situation. Are you ready? One, two, three. Rejoice. Go. Yes. Yes. See? It's so funny. I, I'm te- this is a side note, but I'm teaching a class on Nazarene history and polity right now. And, and I was reading about the Nazarenes, and this camp meeting person talked about the Nazarenes, and he said they gave the, this is the word he used, the shoutinest camp meeting ever. Shoutinest. 
So we used to be like that. We used to rejoice like you just did. And Paul says rejoice always. That's where it gets hard. And what I want you to to understand is this word, kairete, yes, it does include our celebration moment like that. But it also, kairete, also has the connotation of thriving. Of thriving in all, thriving always. And thriving has this understanding of growing vigorously. It is something that grows in all circumstances. It grows vigorously. We want to see our kids thrive, right? When, we're, when they're in school, we want to hear the teacher say, your kid is thriving in my class. It means they're growing, they're learning, they're expanding their, their understanding. And Paul is saying to this little church that's surrounded by Romans all, it's a, it's a Roman enclave, and they're out there. He is, he is saying to them, grow vigorously, always. Grow in those moments. And I want to, I, I just thought this picture would help us understand, that, and that's pavement. But those flowers, they find a way to grow and grow vigorously. Would they do better, maybe, or, or, or would they, uh, would they grow if they were in soil that had been kind of tilled up and it was full of nutrients and all those things? Would they grow there? Yes. But these flowers right here are showing us kairete. They're given the worst of circumstances and they're still growing vigorously. And it's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, this is kind of just a fact of life. Maybe you can't get into that one. Into that example. So I've got another example. All right, here we go. This is 15 pounds. Wait, wait, those, those, those of you who are, uh, those of you who are online, you can't see. So this is 50 pounds. All right. All right. Now, I'm going to do this. If I were able to keep, continue doing this for long periods of time, which arm is going to get stronger? Which arm is going to kairete? Which arm is going to grow vigorously? That's right. The one with the weight. But wait, there's, there's all kinds of resistance. There's all kinds of things that, that should keep it from functioning right. I mean, it's got to do a lot of work. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to get tired over time. But you're, so you're sure this is the one that's going to grow vigorously. You're absolutely right. You should remember this when we talk about rejoicing always. We talk about kairete always. It is about even in those circumstances that seem like I shouldn't be able to grow and thrive in those. There is something different at work in the life of a Christian that enables them to kairete. And this is just a, a true fact. I love this, this phrase. It says, after 30, success has very little left to teach you. Most of your growth opportunities will come through resistance, through difficulty, and failure. Mistakes can be the best teacher if you let them. It is that, uh, that commitment to kairete always. To thrive, to grow, and yes, to rejoice, to shout, to celebrate. But there's another one. The next one is pray continually. We're called as a people, as a, as a church, to pray continually. Now, this can sometimes has led churches to do some silly things. Now, I love this story. It's just a cute story. It's about my wife. And my... Uh, 
my mother-in-law likes to tell this story. So she came to pick up Lori when she was in young elementary. You were seven years old, six years old, six years old. And she was walking around the playground and she was bumping into everything. And, and her mom just pulled up and like, what is she doing? And so finally she beeped the horn. Lori came running over. Honey, what were you doing on the playground? Why were you bumping into everything? She said, well, I read that we're supposed to pray continually. And we teach little kids to what? Bow their heads and close their eyes and fold their hands. And so she was being a good little girl and praying continually and getting hurt. <laughs> now, that's a cute story. There are some who have taken this very literally and they've tried to find ways to pray continually. In the Orthodox Church, there's a, a tradition where they try these simple prayers and they try to say them all day long from the moment they get up to the moment they go to sleep. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of odd. Like, can you imagine trying to say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me while eating or drinking? I mean, it's like they're really committed to this and that's good, but it ends in a kind of weird place. Even our... Uh, you know, today we still see monks who we kind of think, well, that's kind of odd. They're called away and they just pray all day, you know, all those kinds of things. It, it seems weird to us. Now, they're, they do take breaks and they do work and then they pray. They feel called to do that. Maybe it's a little less odd. But the truth is, Christians of every persuasion, if they've looked into this praying continually long enough, they come to realize that it's not, this prayer is not about saying words at God. But the kind of praying continuously that Paul is talking about is a call to rest in God. It, it is, a, is a call that in all circumstances, I will cultivate and look at ways to rest in God. It is resting in God is fostering an ongoing awareness that the Holy Spirit is at work even if you are not seeing Him in your current circumstance. This is what resting in God means. And Paul says, do this. Kairete, always. Thrive and grow. Uh, you know, celebrate, rejoice, and rest in God. Realize that God is with you always. The Holy Spirit is at work in the world always. And we are called to rest in that belief, that assumption, that knowledge, to know that at the core of who we are. Rest in God. Then, he goes on to his final command and he says, Give thanks in all things. I want to draw your attention to something. Because it's very important, this little tiny word. Because some of you, when you hear, give thanks in all things, you think, but my circumstances are terrible right now. And I will not thank God for that. So pay attention to the preposition. It is not thank God for all things. It is thank God what? In all things. That we can, in the midst of the circumstances... Rest in God. We can, because we are resting in God in whatever the circumstances are, we can kairete, we can thrive, we can grow. We can rejoice at the growth that we see happen. This is important. The Bible does not say, thank God for all circumstances. There is trauma in the world. There is 
violence in the world. There is evil in the world. And we are called to ask God to change that. And to ask God to send us into those circumstances to bring peace and hope and restoration and the story of the good news of the God who heals. But we are not called to thank God for all circumstances, but to thank God in all circumstances. Why? Because I can rest. Because God is in all things working for our good. We are called to do that. It's interesting. This means that thanks is a lifestyle. And I love what one author wrote. said, Abraham Lincoln invited our nation to a day of thanksgiving. We're about to celebrate that. But Jesus invites all nations to a lifestyle of thanks living. That this is not just a day on a calendar where we sit down and right before we gorge ourselves on a meal that took three or four hours to prepare and will take about five minutes to inhale and to say a short prayer. But if you are a follower of Jesus, we are called to live a lifestyle of thanks. We are called to thanks living. Why? Because we can rest in the God who is in all circumstances. And we can then grow and thrive even in the worst of circumstances, which leads to rejoicing. That's the call. Now, Paul goes on and says, in, in, uh, well, this, I just said that. We'll go on. Paul goes on to say, this is God's will. Now, a lot of times we hear that, again, we kind of put that on the circumstances. We think for the circumstances, that those circumstances are God's will. I do not believe that. What I believe is that God says in all of those circumstances, I am with you and you can thrive and grow because I am with you and you can rejoice and you can give thanks that I am with you in all circumstances. But what we need to see about this will is that the word is thelema. And what that means is it's not just God's decree. It is God's desire. It is God's wish for you and for all that we would come to know the God who is present in all things. Helps us to grow in all things and to thrive in all things, which allows us to rejoice in all things and allows us to be thankful in all things. You see, it is all dependent on the God who is with us. And that God desires for you to know that at the core of who you are. What this takes then, the only way that this can be accomplished is by having lots and lots of trust. Ah, you thought I was going to say faith, didn't you? <laughs> no. And, and, and faith would fit, but I, I'm intentionally not going to use the word faith. You know why? I want to give you just, just a little thing. In Paul's day and age, faith and trust were synonyms. They went together hand in glove. They were one, one could be interchanged with the other. But today we seem to have a problem with equating faith and trust. Today, we seem to be able to have faith without actually showing our trust with our actions. We seem to think that faith is something that I think in my mind. It's like a noun that I hold to. It goes like this. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Born of Virgin Mary, died, resurrected. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the church. I believe in the life after death. And we kind of say, yep. I believe all those things. There's the noun, that belief. I put that in my brain. Got it. 
But the truth of the matter is, is that trust is something that we show with our actions. Now, faith is to call us to show trust. We are to believe in God the Father Almighty, and our actions then should show that I trust that He is in all circumstances, and He is more than able to deal with all circumstances. It's supposed to be faith and trust together, but we've split them apart. So I want to talk about trust. And trust, I hope, will help you understand the action of faith. Faith is not a noun. It is a verb. It is an action that we show by our trusting actions, like thankful living and realizing that God is trusting that God is in all circumstances. Therefore, God can enable us to thrive and rejoice. That we are called for that. I want you to think about it this way. It's the Golden Gate Bridge. None of you would show your trust in that bridge by standing beside it or standing at this view and saying, you know, I really trust that bridge. I believe in Steel Almighty and in Rivets, His only connector. And I believe in the suspension of the lines above it that hold all things. Does that prove your trust? No, your trust is shown as you drive you and your family in a car across it. That is what shows that you trust. That is your faith. And we are called, my brothers and my sisters, to show by our actions what Paul calls us to. To show that we believe in the God who is with us in all things. To trust in that even when we don't see it by living a life that thanks God for being in the circumstance. By Believing, holding on to God, I believe that you can enable me to thrive even in this circumstance. And that might lead me to rejoicing. So, my friends, I want to end this time in a few ways. First of all, I want to say to anyone who is here, who is in a dire circumstance right now, and you know who you are. You are hurting. You are broken. The world just seems to be ganging up on you. You're filled with fear and anxiety. I hope, my prayer is that today you hear the good news of a God whose desire, whose wish, whose intent is for you to know that He is with you in that circumstance. And that God is more than capable of helping you to thrive and grow even in the midst of the difficulty. And that might just lead you to rejoice. That might just lead you to live a life of thanks. To say thank you. Maybe maybe you can't thank God right now in in the circumstance, for the circumstance, and that's all there. But maybe you can just today muster enough to just say thank you, God, for being with me in the circumstance. I'm going to trust that today. Maybe you can do that. I hope that's you. If you're new with us, uh, this next part, I want you to know this is family time. Okay? Because I, I think C3NAS, for us as a church, for us as a group, we need to hear that it is time. It is time to fish or cut bait. It is time to play or go home. It is time to put up or shut up or whatever one you want to listen to. Uh, whatever works for you. Are we really going to trust that God can empower us to thrive in all circumstances? 
Because that should lead us to rejoicing. And half the time when we come in, you look like this while singing. Does that show by your actions that you believe that God has been with you in all circumstances throughout the week? We can do it on Saturday for Michigan or Michigan State or, God forbid, Ohio State. But we can't do it for the One who is with us in all things. Are are we really going to trust enough to rest in God? Can I ask you about your prayer life? Does God get any portion of your day? I, I, I know some of you are uncomfortable. I don't know the words to say to God. Don't worry about the words. Just rest in God. All you gotta say is, God, I'm here. And I need you. And guess what? God is there. Wednesday night, we've been having prayer meeting. There have been a few of us who have gathered. It doesn't seem to be catching on on Wednesday nights, even though some of you voted for Wednesday nights. So in a few weeks, we're gonna move it to Sunday mornings. It's going to be at 8.30 here. And we're going to pray for those 10-4 vision things up till 9.15 when rehearsal will start. If you're a little nervous about how you do this prayer thing, come a little early. You'll be here right in time for the coffee cafe. Let's let it build right out of that. How's your prayer life? Come. Be a part. Create. Send a little bit of time. Church, are we ready? Are we really going to trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in all circumstances? If so, then where is our thanks? Where is what we give? Are we going to trust God in those difficult times? Are we going to trust that God's will and intent and His desire is for us to know that God is with us in the circumstances and we can thrive and we can grow and we can rejoice and we can live in thanks always? This is what we're called to. And I, for one, don't want to spend ten more years saying, oh, we're a church of great faith. I believe all those things in that creed. But never show it in our actions. Never show it in our trust, in what we do in our lives. Whether it's in worship, whether it's in service, whether it's in giving, whether it's in prayer. I want us, I want you as your pastor, I want you to know the God who is with you always. I want you to experience the goodness of that God in the midst of difficult circumstances. It will change everything for you. Well, I've probably said enough. And so today we're going to finish by receiving what we need from the God whose will and desire, whose thelema, is for you to know that He is present with you in your circumstances. So today... I'm going to invite anyone. First of all, I want to say to you, if you're one who's in a circumstance that feels difficult and overwhelming, and this is your first time to church here, I want you to know 
that you are welcome to come and receive from the God who is present in all things some bread and some cup that we say is His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, and His peace. You can know just like you can feel that food going into your mouth and down into your stomach that God is even closer in your circumstance. So don't hesitate. Come hungry. Come receive. And be thankful. Maybe some of you will even want to rejoice. And then for the rest of us, who maybe have been here for a long time and have let faith get separated from trust, maybe today you want to come with a heart that says, Oh God, forgive me for forgetting that I receive everything I need right from You. And come and take cup and take bread and hear the words of Paul as if they're coming from Jesus. Okay, I know. But I am with you. So rejoice. Give thanks. Rest in me. Rest in me. Take me into you and receive all that you need. This will change our church. This will change the potential to change your lives as individuals. But are you willing, those of you who have been here for a long time, to repent, to confess, and to receive forgiveness? So come, those who need healing, come and eat. Those who need assurance, come and drink. Those who need forgiveness, come and receive mercy. Let's pray. Father, today, we have heard the encouraging words from thousands of years ago. And I just believe that the Holy Spirit is here to strengthen and encourage and to convict and to call for repentance. A change of mind. A 180 degree turn. And so God, today, may all who are within the sound of my voice hear that they are welcome to the table. For you truly are in all things. So help us to receive from your hands with thanks, with rejoicing. May it be the first step to rest in you. Resting and trusting that You are with us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. The One who on the night when He was betrayed gathered His disciples around Him. The ones who traveled with Him and may have understood Him the least. And He gathered bread and He said, this is My body broken for you. Take and eat. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you, poured out for the remission of sins. Take and drink. It's in his name we pray. And everyone said, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. Let's hold up the, the little uh, piece of bread. My brothers and sisters, today we are called to thanks living. We are called to realize that God is with us in all circumstances helping us to thrive and causing us to rejoice. Let us receive the body of Christ 
rejoicing, full of thanksgiving. Take and eat. And hold up the little cup of juice. For this juice to come to us, it had to go through dire circumstances. And yet somehow it has become a symbol of joy. Let it be a symbol for us that God is with us and we are called to rejoice. Receive with thanksgiving, gratitude, and joy. Take and drink. Father, we thank You that You are with us. Help us to place our trust in You to thrive and grow and to rejoice. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Would you stand and receive the blessing? First, I just want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. But more than anything, I pray that you would know you are invited to thanksgiving. I pray that you will rejoice always. That you will pray continually, resting in God. That you will learn that because God is with you in all circumstances, you can give thanks. That you would know and find and experience the God whose desire and wish and will it is for you to live this way. And I want to bless you with the way that Paul wraps up 1 Thessalonians. When he says, May the God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, wholly, completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. The One who calls you is faithful, and He will do it. Go in God's peace. Go into your life of thanks and rejoicing. God bless you. Go in His name. Amen. Amen.